Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome to The Money Flow. My name's Gerald Peters. I'm the host of The Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. And today we have a friend of ours. Yes, he's part of The Money Flow Trading Society. His name is Nick Digidio. Now I hope I said it right, Nick. I am horrible with last names. Uh, Nick's a great guy. I met him in New York and we've become fast friends and both share a love for real estate. And as a lot of you know, a lot of people involved in the Money Flow Trading Society or what we affectionately call the Money Flow Gang are heavily involved in real estate as well. And if you're not, you soon will be because the shit is contagious. So now let's get to the interview with my friend, Nick. Yes, yes, yes. Yo. <laughs> I came through, huh? How's the sound? Can you hear me well? I, I hear you perfectly. How about myself? Yes, sir. Nice. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I like it, man. This is uh, so user-friendly. Very user-friendly. Um, my The last guest I had was uh, day, the day trade professor. Mohammed. Yeah, I say the, but there is no the in front. It's just day trade professor. On his yeah, Instagram? Not on, not on, yeah. Or, I, you know, everybody calls him professor. But um, um, it took us like 10, 10 times to get it to work. But Was it the, the first... uh, maybe the spot that you guys were in, Manhattan and uh, New Orleans? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was his connection. Because mine on mine in New Orleans is the fastest internet I've ever had. Except for except for Mardi Gras, <laughs> that's what they say. They say your cell phones and all that'll stop working. Right, that's amazing. We'll see, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you're gonna plan on uh, being there for Mardi Gras? Oh no, I definitely am. Nice. First time. Yeah. First time for me. Yep, yep. First time I ever been to Mardi Gras. Now, what a lot of people don't know is Mardi Gras is really like a month long in New Orleans, but it's all these minor ones, and then there's the main the main thing, you know, that everybody thinks of as Mardi Gras. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to what you put out there, man. And, uh, watch your experience. I'm sure it'll be, uh, entertaining. I've been trying to, to think on that. Like, how do I incorporate Mardi Gras into my content? And I may just do some video footage of Mardi Gras and just put it on my YouTube channel and just leave it at that. You might have some followers that are visiting New Orleans that week and that would be cool. And, and it might turn out into, uh, a shit show, man. <laughs> right, because I'm going to go to BitCon this year in Miami. Yeah. And um, Mardi Gras is a big event, so maybe there will be some people here. And that's how, I'm me, sure. and you, that's how me and you met. Which, tell the, I mean, give them your full name and all that. Yeah, Nick DiGidio um, in the and you Lehigh in Valley, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, we're right on the border of Pennsylvania and New Jersey in uh, Easton, Pennsylvania. We're uh, right, you 60 can hear miles. Your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 60 miles east of uh, New York City and 60 miles uh, north of Philadelphia. So we're, um, we're in a cool spot. There's a lot of activity um, and there's no, there's no shortage of uh, things to do for sure. Right. And so the way me and you met is, I mean, a, a lot of the people that listen to me, I mean, well, I would say all of them. Most of everyone that listens to me here follows me on Instagram or YouTube. <clears throat> and 
I mean, that's how me and you got connected up at a, a little, I guess you call it a meet and greet there in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, like, uh, you know, you, you posted it that you're going to be out there. And mm -hmm. I thought it was a, a very good opportunity to, to jump in and, and say what's up. It was so close to home. And those are, uh, those are fun because I've met hundreds yeah. of people doing that. And, and then out of that hundreds, you know, I've met several people that like, okay, this guy's going to end up being a friend of mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It was a, uh, it was a cool spot. Uh, it was funny. I, I actually, uh, one of the guys that I met that's, a uh, uh, in your, uh, MFG, a guy named Kyle or Chris, mm -hmm. Chris, Chris, right. Yeah, he's actually from the area that uh, I'm in and, uh, we knew some people and we were talking a little bit. So I thought that was cool that, uh, you run into people that are, you know, from your area. And it was cool to be in Brooklyn, man. Manhattan and, and New York City has been uh, kind of lame uh, since COVID. Right. Broadway's been shut down. Nightlife, ball games, restaurants, everything's been limited. So New York doesn't have the, uh, the, the action that it once did. All the big cities have been hit hard, I think, because New Orleans, too, it's like kind of limping, you know. And even though things are coming back online, a lot of those things haven't come back online fully. Yep. And they will. They, they will. will. Just going to take a minute. But yeah. And I'm meantime... starting to see property values here. <clears throat> and, you know, that was one of our connections, me and you, as you were seeing me talk about real estate content, right? That You're not really a stock trader. It was no, more not the, at all. real estate not stuff I was talking about. No, it's all, it's mostly been real estate. So I, uh, when I first got my real estate license, it's been three mm -hmm. years, so about 2018, uh, I think I, uh, started following you in 2019 and, and, uh, it was really on the real estate content on YouTube and, uh, IG. Now, was it just me being a guy working on the shit that I owned? Was well, no, a... it was, it was actually, uh, just little bits and pieces of each video and and i'm like well i do a lot of the stuff that this guy does right, right. Being, you know self-employed and and having a business and yeah um you know what you know and then parlaying that into other assets and and uh so there was a lot of relatability and then at that time it was a it was an interesting time because i just got my license and when you when you get your license uh you could go in a lot of different directions. It really all depends on if you have family in the business or if you have some, you know, back class or pedigree. Right. But if you're new, if you're new to the industry, it's where do you start? Right. Yeah. So, so. And uh, one or two other guys that I started following brought to life the uh, real estate investing side of the business, which uh, at the time I, I had owned my first primary home, but I also owned a, a commercial property that had a, you know, few tenants. So I was in the, in the game, but I wasn't really like deep diving inner workings of the, of, of how the, you know, business works and how you can leverage yourself and, right. um, you know, scale the business. But again, you start somewhere and, and, and funny story. When I first got my license, in, in the summer, uh, my first summer, every night I was trying to like, I was on YouTube and, and I did like weird things. Like I would type into the YouTube search engine, uh, new real estate agents starting off or real estate agents cold calling. 
So I was looking mm-hmm. for something my business act and my sales activities going. Um, and then I, I stumbled upon a guy by the name of uh, Ricky Carruth. You may have heard of him. He's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and he does a lot of free coaching. So I, I started off with him and uh, I, I didn't start directly off with him. There was a couple other guys that I was following. And then, you know, then Ricky came on through the, the algorithm and the stuff, the free coaching that he was putting out was on uh, cold calling and uh, circle prospecting and all that stuff. So every night when I put my kids to bed at like nine, 10 o'clock at night, I was watching and studying like his YouTube videos. It was boring stuff, but for me, it was exciting. Right, it, was just right. him, it was just him cold calling property owners. Right. And, and I, and I loved it because I was like, I can do this. I could just, you know, you know, you know how you always talk about the, um, the copy mm-hmm. and paste model. Right. I did that. I, and, and I just deep dive this guy. And this was actually before I found you, I was, I was, I was, you know, doing the Ricky Carew thing and, and it worked, man. And it got me into this habit of just making phone calls every single day. And, and, you know, eventually getting appointments to go on listing appointments or showings and, and stuff like that. And it, and it just snowballed. So, and then, you know, through following him on Instagram, I think your content came up through the algorithm and I clicked on it. I'm like, you know, watching you, I'm like, holy crap, this guy's uh, a madman, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's beautiful. Um, same thing for me, man. Like I'm, this is pre-internet, but I'm like watching infomercials. Like we were talking about that earlier. Right. And I would watch these real estate ones. And I kind of knew they were probably a little full of shit. But at the same time, most of the time that stuff is built around something legit. You know? Like, like there's buying, a lot of like buying, like selling gold, right? The right, gold, the right. Gold and, guys. and there are legit ways to do that. And, 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 and then if something's really good or there's really money being made there, then there's all these scams around it. Yes. Um, but that, that lets you know that there's probably something to it. You know, they don't make up scams about shit that there is nothing to it. Yeah. Um, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and, and so that self form of education, like you were doing, that's how I did everything. Man, I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree, you know, a certification in anything. And and I and I'm sure me and you had that similar connection that you're like, yeah, this is kind of like me. Um, oh yeah, no doubt just about it. Working, you know, do what you can do, look for a deal, and the you know the blueprint works, irregardless of of your economic level or you know, whether you're a doctor or, you know, a guy driving truck, right? Like it, there's a game yeah. you can play. Both, both occupations um, are still striving for more. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the doctor and, and, and the Uber driver, they still both can buy rental properties if, if that's what they want. Uh, not it really is. It. it really, which shocks me because it really, and I'm no, I don't ever claim like, and I haven't, you know, I've wrote books. I've done three things on the stock market, a book, two training courses. But the way that I became a millionaire was through real estate. And yeah. It's a time honored <clears throat> asset class. And it's simple. And I say this all the time. It's a dumb man's game. Like you could have an eighth grade education and a 10 decimal system, math system and a notebook. And 
there's very little things to track. I mean, really, if you think about it, right, there's a mortgage payment. Simple. That's Yeah, that's not complicated. How much do I owe <laughs> the bank? You write that little note down, right? Insurance, right? And so you start adding that up. And then taxes. There's really only a few things. And then, yeah, there's repairs and this and that. But again, all of that is usually not that complicated. If you buy new construction, you're going to have repairs <laughs> at some point. Right, right. You're always going to have... And a lot of these things I've figured out too, like words like CapEx. I didn't know what, I didn't know what that meant. Like I'm hard like, you know, like lending. A, right. Hard money lending. I didn't know any of these things. So like you a driveway, a driveway at some point has to be repaired or replaced um, a roof. And when, like you said, you don't need to know all of these things. Well, and that's what made it fun for me. Cause mm-hmm. when you started doing it, oh, this is, this is awesome. It's on now, man. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I could do this, right? It's... And going going back to um, you know, for young people or even older people that are looking to buy sure. their first property, there's nothing complicated about it. You got remember when we met in New York? We were talking. You got to have the vehicle or the second vehicle, right? Right. You got to have the vehicle, and and vehicle meaning uh, the income income stream. That will help you get your down payment. There's nothing complicated about that. You have to fix your credit if your mm-hmm. credit's jacked up. Um, I can't fix your credit, Gerald. You can't fix mine, but physically, right. like you, you know, everybody's responsible for uh, for their that. their There's own, been... which is really their own reputation, right? Yep, absolutely. But I think you should see it that way. And I've had people take offense to that, and they're like, "Whoa!" And I'm just like, "Bro, you need to see your credit score." As you're like, you don't need to even know me. Let me just show you this number. And that tells you about me. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine a world if we, if everybody's walking around, at, you know, 10 mm-hmm. years from now, and there's actually like a hologram over your head that gives you your number. <laughs> right. If I look at you and it says eight twelve, I at least know I can probably trust you in some sort of money thing. Right. Yeah. I always get a kick out of that, of that thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. Avoid the guy that walks around with the 550. <laughs> right. And, so, and guess what? I guarantee you the guy with 550, he's going to have a story. Right? <laughs> they all have a story. And, and then here's the funny thing. Your story might be legit. We still don't give a shit. It's 540. That means you, yeah, don't, you, pay your, you don't pay your debts. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's what that means. And, and I begin to like simplify everything. Like I would just look at that as like a simple man. Okay, that means I'm untrustworthy. And so I got to fix that. And, and if you just begin to see real estate like that, like old school, um, you know, it doesn't need to be some weird course where you're getting something for nothing down and all no. of it, it. No, it doesn't need to be if you like think about that. it. If you, if you think about it, uh, the simplicity of it, it's, mm-hmm. it's really not that hard to acquire three to four properties. Oh, easy. It's not hard. And that's including your primary home. It seems hard when you're first doing it, but once you've done it, like you've done it several times, once you've done it a few times, you realize this is not complicated. It's not complicated at all. <laughs> you have to take, uh, uh, like you say, a time and a season, mm-hmm. six months, a year, year and a half, and you have to, you second and third income stream. It does mm-hmm. accelerate the process. Right. To, to get, depending on your price point um, in, in your respective area, uh, but let's say, you know, to, to, to acquire 200,000 or $300,000 property, which is like an average sale mm-hmm. price, uh, price point in our area, 
50 or 25% of that is, you know, uh, 75 grand, 60 grand, depending, you know, you know, if you're in that range, it's not that hard to, if, if you have that second income stream to accumulate that money in a reasonable amount of time. Right. But you have to be on that all day. Like that's you're, you're, you know, I, I, I jumped in an Uber the other day, uh, actually not the other Thanksgiving weekend. And there was this girl, young girl, she just bought a brand new Range Rover. Oof, brand new. And she was, and I give her credit, she was driving for Uber at night. She worked full time. Mm-hmm. She was driving at Uber at night just to pay the, the car, like like the, the money that she was making from Uber oh. was strictly for paying off her brand new, oh. you know, fifty five sixty thousand dollars Range Rover. So I give her credit for that. Like, you know, at least right. the hustle to pay for it. Yeah. Now imagine if you didn't have that big nut and right. you did that and you did imagine that. Imagine if the hustle was to get ahead instead, right? Yeah. And and then you could pick up that property where you're getting oh. uh listen, I mean the return, your cash on cash return, it doesn't even have super no. extraordinary. You, you get to a level where you get good at it, then you can start honing in on and being selective on the certain deals where you're getting maybe 18% to 25%. Dude, and dude, I bought houses in like where I got the numbers wrong and yeah. we couldn't, we couldn't rent it for what I thought to where I was literally losing a hundred dollars a month. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it, whatever. And, we, you know, back to saving, right? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and then guess what? You still hold All the asset. I still hold the asset. And the loan's still getting paid down. And the house is still appreciating. So, guess, we go forward about 18 months. And I raise that bitch $50. Yep. They're, they're cool. They pay it. Another 18 months, I raise it another 50. Well, at this time, we're three, four years into this note. You know? And yep. then I go back and I say, hey, because I did it on an arm, I'm going to refinance this coming up. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we refinance. I throw a little bit. Now, long story short, I walk out with that. And this thing's now I'm cash flowing at 400 a month. And I've got like 60000 in equity. So what does that tell you? That you can turn lemons to lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you have, but you still need that little bit of a blanket to, to cover it, right? To cover you can't it. Do it. You can't do it if your margin, if your, right. uh, your reserves if you're driving are, are Uber thin. to pay, If you're driving Uber to pay for a car versus driving Uber to pay for a house, right? The swing in your, your finances oh, yeah. over a, a period of years, if you do make that deal three, four, my, four, five more times, it's astronomical, especially you go out 10 years, right? You know what excites me too? If you're, if you're, and, and and young could be fifty nowadays too. But if you're right. if you're in your in your mid twenties, early thirties, if you if you don't need like if you could get away from the lottery mentality and the instant gratification, and really respect that you have a very long timeline, right, to to make these positions. Those positions will be massive 15 oh. to 20 years from now. I, I, can, I can certainly attest to that. Yes. And, the, you know, and you know this because me and you are friends, but <clears throat> I recently purchased this beach condo. Right. And that deal comes from 16 years ago, putting $12,000 down, which Amazing. at the time was the equivalent today of putting 30 or 40 grand down. Yeah. 
and and it's just a basic house we rent it fast forward 16 years there's no note um we it's got to excite it. you man yeah and you 1031 exchange that you know yeah. and then that money plus add new money is rolled into you know that and the only way i make that happen is doing that saving that money doing the down payment you know buying that property <clears throat> you know that push of doing that and that comes on top of like life on top of taking care of kids on top of you know everything else you got going and that's what she like you were saying she's driving she's got the range rover or whatever the problem is that's going down Oh yeah, it's reversed. Reverse. She's got it reversed. She's investing in something, but the thing she, the vehicle, literally that she's investing in, is going the opposite. Versus a house, just even the most basic of homes, would have doubled. Yeah. By the time her vehicle's worth zero, I mean, and, you know, listen, man, if if people can get on that that are in dire straits, right, or or there's no reason why you should, you, there's no reason why you should be poor in America. Mm -mm. I don't and think you so. want to I get to the nice cars. You just want those properties. You want to get some properties yeah, need, first. Right. And, right. and I say, so, and I say that respectively, but mm -hmm. you, you have to sacrifice something, whether it's your time uh, right. or, or, or energy, whatever. But you know, the goal is to, the goal is financial freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Now that number could be arbitrary everybody's number is different. But for me, it's, uh, there, there's this, uh, Vietnamese dude, uh, Thatch out West okay. in Seattle, you know, Thatch, mm -hmm. he's got a lot of energy, but, uh, you know, his definition <laughs> yeah, he's a is, character, man. He's yeah, a character. <laughs> his definition makes sense to me where it's, it's uh, fr freedom option of choice. Right. Right. So you have complete freedom and, 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 and control of how you spend your time. That's, for me, that's a good enough definition of, of uh, wealth and financial freedom. That's the um, ultimate definition of wealth, right? You have so much money, you literally do not need to do anything for money. Like right. Your money makes money. Yeah. If you that's, can get to that point. Now, there's a blueprint to that. And right? I'm not and there. Where, like, I'm not there yet. Like, I still need to do is, shit this for is, money. But this is the blueprint that you teach. And, right. you know, get, getting started literally is the hardest Part. That's just, the hardest just, part. Just mentally convincing yourself, all right, I'm going to get on this and I'm going to – and one of the reasons why I love when you guys do your IG lives, whether it's you and Mark or you and Real Estate Ballers or, or you and Dan, you know, you every time you guys do these lives, even though it could be repetitive, mm -hmm. entering lives at a different point in their life. So right. – you can always learn something. Uh, I was listening to Dan this morning, and and um, and he and he's cool, and, and and he's a guy that that came up, you know, the the uh, traditional way. But uh, he was talking about the difference between half inch drywall and three eighths inch drywall, right. and why you why you actually want to go with the, the little bit more expensive three eighths because uh, if, if tenants are putting. Uh, you know, thumbtacks on the wall or, or doing anything to the walls, it's harder to repair the half inch drywall than the three eight. So you might actually want to invest in the, the better, you know, thicker quality for the long term maintenance of right. it. Well, that's down in the weeds, huh? <laughs> well, little, little things like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be in that predicament in a couple right. months from now 
on, on one of the units that I want to uh, rehab. And, and the guy that I'm working with is like, yeah, let's put up half inch drywall. And, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a good place to start. And then Dan's dropping the three eighths. I'm like, Oh, gotta make, I got to make an adjustment. So, right. you know. and, and that's funny. Those little things there, because sometimes I think people feel like they need to know that. Like the you don't need to know between, that in the beginning. Between three-eighths and half-inch drywall. You know how I figured out the difference between that. I go to do my first drywall repair, and I go buy drywall, and I come back, and it's not the same size, you know? Yeah. And then you were <laughs> like, oh, shit, there's different sizes. So now, now that's a crash course, right? Yeah. Now you know. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's different kind of drywall for in the bathroom. You know, and then yeah, you're on that. And, you're doing green board and, and you're figuring these. You don't need to know that to get you don't going. Need to, you don't need to know about any of these things mm-hmm. to get going. You don't need to know anything about hard money lending. You're not going to use a hard money lender your no. first property. <laughs> People ask me those kind of questions. I'm like, well, how many properties do you have? And they go, none. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're down in the weeds. They're like, yeah, it's you, funny. Like, you prefer flat paint or, you know, what brand of paint do you like? <laughs> do you have a Just house? Look good. No. <laughs> Just make it look good. So, so there's, there's, but there are levels to this, which I appreciate sure. and, and, and it's great. So, so we, we, we both like Ben Mala. He's a, mm-hmm. a character. Oh, he's the and, man, uh, right? Yeah. But listen, and Ben Mala uh, has, his equity group has, you know, a couple hundred million dollars worth of property. Hundreds but, of million, yeah. But, He's so humble that he'll still talk about his drug deal or not, not the drug properties that he was managing in Oakland, California when he right. first started or when he got out of the army and he was managing these properties in Brooklyn. And what was he doing? He was just on the property, keeping the property clean. And he was getting paid to do that. That's how right. he got started. And by doing that, the guy who owned the building said, hey, I like you. You you know, you're helping me maintain the quality of my property. I'm going to give you a job. I want you to manage two more of my complexes, right? And that's how you, and then bang, that's how you get in the game. And, 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 and it just snowballs. But if you want to do that, if you don't want to do it, you know, you can't, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do. But so what Ben was able to do was to get other people to pay him money. Yep. To, to manage their properties. Mm-hmm. So he created cash cash yep. flow for himself. Genius. Which, right? It's simple. Genius. It's, it's you know simple. It's so right? simple and 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 genius. And he, you're like, well, I could go work at Walmart, or I could go work here. Well, why don't I just go work in real estate because I want to be in real estate. Yeah. And then people will pay me to manage properties, and then I could probably buy properties from them. Yeah. So, and, and, so, it, and then you start creating, and then the deals and the opportunities and the universe opens up to you. So you start, you start buying properties and then you start talking to other property owners and mm-hmm. other property owners, depending on where they're at in their business or life cycle, you know, they, and mm-hmm. if you carry yourself well, they're going to say, Hey, are you interested in, I'm thinking about unloading this one. Are you interested? And at the very least you get first dibs. Right? That would be my thought. market. Yeah, and I meet kids sometimes they think, well, I got to be a realtor. And it's like, well, you can, but no, you don't have to be. What yeah. I'd rather see you do is get your license and then try to figure out how to get into the management game. Yeah. Because that that's kind of where I'm at right now. with properties, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. Because I, I, you know, being licensed for three years, I love a lot of different 
angles of the business, but my mm-hmm. heart is on the property management side and the acquisition side, you know, uh, Dude, of, of, it, of, of it, portfolio management. If you got, I mean, just 50 properties under management, right? That's going to give you an office to run it out of. Did I lose you? No, I'm here, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was, it was weird. That would give you an office and then, you know, probably a helper. You're getting 10%, 8 to 10% on those 50 properties. Yes. Plus, you can then run – you're dropping yours into that same management pool. And I mean, then there's all kinds of offshoots from that. If I was young, if I was, that would be, that would, I like that idea. It's in Texas, you have to be a license, you have to be a broker to be a, a property manager. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, you do have to have your license to, to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. I, you know, getting your license is a fantastic idea. Um, just you have access to the MLS. Right. So, and, and you and I talked about, you can find deals on the MLS. Um, there's all my deals, deals have come, literally almost almost all of them. Not all of them, but almost all of them came from that. So that alone is one of the benefits, or or uh, that led me to a person that led me to a deal. You know what I mean? Number two, you start networking, yeah. and and uh, when you're actively in it, you know you start uh, just talking to property owners. When I bought my mm. first rental property, I mailed out mailers like like postcards. Uh, or not, not postcards, note cards. And I had my business card in and I said, Hey, I'm so-and-so I just bought this property. Um, you know, if there's anything I can assist you with, uh, you know, please let me know. Well, I sent out, I don't know, maybe like 80 and two guys actually called me (laughs) that were property owners that own multifamily properties. They both happen to be older guys. You know, they were like, yeah, you know, the market's good right now. I might be interested in selling. And, and we, you know, we haven't done anything, but the, the conversation's open. At the very least, the conversation's open. Really? And, and, and things might happen, you know, in the next year, two years, three years, where, you know, I, I now have an open relationship with them. And, and the conversations that we had, hey, if you're ever thinking about really moving forward, I'd, I'd like to have an opportunity to at least be positioned to, you know, make a deal with you. So yeah, that, who, that alone excites me. Who taught you to do this mailer thing to look for properties? Um, I don't know who taught me. Um, I, I mean, we have programs in our office that, uh, you know, that, that you could do direct mail, right? So I started doing direct mail when I first As started. As a realtor. This- that's yeah, just to, to, okay. yeah, yeah, just to get going, right? Let's 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 put my name out there in, in the neighborhoods that I want to, uh, you know, mostly around where I live because it it just made sense to uh, start doing mailers in my neighborhood or within like a two mile square radius. Um, that's not what, what that's a perfect place to start. Um, the the postcard, it, it, I think it's, I think when you start realizing or when you're in business and you're learning how to like do sales related activities and marketing, you know, there's multiple touches and there's multiple senses, right? So you got voice to voice, you got direct mail, you got social, uh, text, email, like there's a million different ways you could reach out to, uh, potential clients or prospects or, you know, whatever. Um, so that was one of the things that I was doing. I'm like, I have nothing to lose here. Uh, why don't I just, I have a thousand business cards in my home office. 
they're not worth anything sitting in my home office. Let me right. send out mailers to property owners in the area. Um, you know, and at least at the very least, if I send a couple hundred out, somebody, not everybody's going to throw out my card. Somebody might stick it in their wallet or put it on their fridge. And that's just a way to reach out. You never know where your next call is going to be. Right. Um, but I call that pushing your intent into the universe. Your intent into the universe and the push, which push. is uh, why yeah. I love you, man, because that's what it's all about, too, to get going. The push is, it really uh, is. a phenomenal, simple, it, it, it goes back down to the compound effect which is like my religion. I, I am such a firm believer in the compound effect yeah. um, for all aspects of life, but especially in business, um, just constantly doing the same thing. Repetition is the mother of skill, like you say. Mm-hmm. You just things, and eventually it will take off. I, I always use the example, if you do one sit-up a day, you're not going to get a six-pack. If you do 100 sit-ups a day, you will definitely see results. Right. So if you're doing these same activities every day, like in my case, I try to make 100 phone calls a day. I do not care if I don't get any answer. If nobody answers the phone that day, I know Mm. that I made the 100 calls. The results will happen naturally because the natural ways of the universe, um, things will open up to you when you push your intent to the universe. It's really that simple. Right. Um, And it goes the same for social. And I haven't gotten there yet. But, but I will, because I'm, I'm, listen, when I started following you, I was a fan. Now, look, uh, two years later, I'm, I'm uh, on a right. podcast with you, and, you know, I got right. to hang out with you and, and, and meet you and stuff like that. So that's part of it, too, right? Um, yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, it, I'm very excited. I think there's, there's so much opportunity. I love real estate as an asset class. Um, it's time honored. And if you could, you know, get one or two or three to get going, uh, it gets, it does, you know, it, I, I think it gets easier. It does when I, it does. yeah. Having 10 houses is easier than two. And you have all of your systems in place. You have your yeah. roofer, you have your electrician, you have your lender, you have your home inspector, all, all your people are and systems are in place it's just and not, it, ma- you know you're managing right and if you're cash flowing let's say it's just 200 a house which probably won't be that even across the board but let's say it is you have two grand to work with to throw money at your houses yeah you and, don't have to pocket that money you right. can reinvest it back i rarely pocket that money so like right back in yeah it's only been recently where i would use that money um i might like like say you got you know you got a vacation coming up, right? And you make this money in your house. I might set some aside, but most of the yeah, time it's it's taking that money and like, oh, this house needs an AC unit. It's like, all right, you shrug your shoulders and go back to what you were doing. Cause your cash flow is gonna buy that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then, you develop when you start doing these things, you become a better manager, not just a mm-hmm. property manager, but just a, a steward of assets. And yeah. you have to you have right. to uh, maintain a level of kingship, like you call it, or mm-hmm. responsibility. You can't squander the money. You know you ha- you you know you want to always have the reserves. And COVID nineteen was the great equalizer, right? Uh, right. For that, you got this. You know, are you are you good or are you not good? And you caught on to this because you were talking about like income is super important. A lot of people think, okay, I start buying houses, 
I own a few houses. I don't work anymore. And it's like, where are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. That's not how it goes, man. That's, <laughs> that's not how it goes at all. Even a guy just, will have 20 houses. He's still doing something for money. Yeah, you're just building the portfolio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it, man. And, yeah, and that's what killed the aristocrats in the old days. They learned, They ran out of – They their ways of making money stopped working. You know, renting land of peasants and all that shit. Yeah, the business and cycle changed. The, the business, business cycle changed. changed. And I was <laughs> I was reading this thing in England, and there was this one family, and he was like an earl or a duke, and you know he owned a bunch of proper land. You know, like back in the day, right? They were the landlords, and he, th- this family saw it coming, and they're now the largest property owners in the city of London, and they started selling off their farmland and buying like uh, apartments and yeah. community housing. Like he saw what was coming. And a lot of those aristocrats thought that was kind of beneath them to like be out collecting like that, you know? So history repeats itself, right? You got to know when it's time to pivot. Mm-hmm. And they ended up, he's like one of the, he's has like 20 billion in like rentals, like apartments, commercial properties, his family's super rich. And they were just old school lords, you know, that's it. <clears throat> and they transitioned with Hey, I hate to interrupt the podcast, but as you know, I got to pay some bills. A good friend of mine who lives in Houston puts out a newsletter entitled The Sure Dividend Newsletter. This I personally use or I would not promote it, offer it, or push it here on the podcast. If you're looking for the most, the highest quality stocks that are growing their dividends, then you need to look no further than the Sure Dividend Newsletter. The newsletter is a tool that, like myself, I think you'll find you won't want to do without. If you are in, if you're listening to this podcast or subscribe to my newsletter, thepetersreport.com, visit page 39. On page 39, I'm going to offer you not only a $41 uh, discount off the year subscription, but a seven-day free trial. If you don't like it, you won't be charged. There's none of the shenanigans where they bill you anyway. I know this guy personally, okay? That's not going to happen. If it happens, just get a hold of me and I'll get you taken care of. But that is not going to happen. Listen, it, it, it's going to sort and select stocks and rank them from A to F. You want to buy the A's, okay? His algorithm sorts the 600 top dividend stocks that are growing their dividends to give you a constant list of the best stocks. Now, it's not to move in and out of them, but it's so that you, when, as you act, put new money to work, you can look at the quality and the strength of these various dividend stocks. So do me a favor. Look on the show notes. There's a link to the discount code, but you can simply go to thepetersreport.com, visit page 39, and take advantage of this offer, or again, see the show notes. Thanks. Others didn't do it. They just held it down, and it just rolled one asset for another, and I see a lot of kids trying to do that way too soon that rolling process. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to transition into something perfectly, but let mm-hmm. me interject yeah. real quick that the Airbnb thing is cool. Mm-hmm. And if you have an opportunity to do something like that as your first property, great. But that's just one of many. Oh, right. Things. Right. Right. But let's, let's go back. Um, so to where I want to segue with this conversation, right, with the pivot and the Dukes and, and the guys that and the family that bought into the thing. 
what do we always say? Most businesses go out of business. Mm -hmm. we, ha we have to have a fundamental belief that that's true. At some point due to um, everything from uh, death to business cycles to, um, you, know, mm -hmm. all, all, you know, most businesses don't last forever. There's a well, few. Think, think about it. You're, you're an auto mechanic and your, your wife helps you in the office, right? You, you stroke out. There's no more auto mechanic business. No more yeah. auto mechanic business. Or but if you own an apartment building, it keeps collecting rent. Exactly. It's, it's that simple. So mm -hmm. if you're a barber, you develop uh, arthritis in the hand and your right. hand's shaking and you can no longer buzz or cut hair, mm -hmm. you better own the building that you're barbering out of because that's what's going to keep you right. alive and keep you going. And, and it's that simple. That's so simple. If you're, if, if you're gonna, and, and I love pro. I'm pro business, pro capitalism, pro small business. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, I encourage people when they're going on their journey and they're starting their journey, start a business first. There's when you're young, there's minimal risk. Um, right. To, that's to, the that's the risk. The worst, to take, thing, right? the worst thing you 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 gain an education, maybe you make a couple dollars, but you know you 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 figure out in a few years that it, it's not going to work out. Okay, cool. It's no big deal. But at least you, you develop some muscles and stuff like that. But what you'll learn when you do start a business and you start making money and you're making profit, well, now you have to start parking your profits into assets that produce money. This is the simple formula and um, it works, right? So if you, don't, if you can't buy the building that you're operating the business out of, you got to do something. Um, and, that, and that's the beautiful thing about real estate. Um, you have to constantly be in the process of parking your profits into assets that produce income. Pretty simple formula. Um, and, and just keep doing it, man. Cause that, that will be your, your way to, if, if you decide that you want to retire or if you want to mm -hmm. slow down in, 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 uh, in years to come, you still have that going. It's pretty simple formula. Most people it also, get that. It also protects your business. Let's say you, you know, we were using the analogy, the guy owns a car shop um, or tattoo parlor or uh, whatever, right? Like right. whatever, like you, you did food trucks. Um, all of those businesses get easier if a guy has 10 or 15 doors that pay him rent every month. <laughs> yeah, so you know, if you have a bad month over here at the, you know, and you just kind of businesses kind of break even, well, you have other monies coming in. Yep. And that's, you know, and that takes some time. Mm -hmm. If you're um, starting up, it, it for me, it took 17 years. That was my right. number, right? And I'm happy. I'm 37 years old. And I feel like like you, I'm just getting started now. Now, now I'm so excited young, because... I know, that's so young to me because I'm thinking, I was 32 when I bought my first rental. Right. And then, you know, I bought several, kind of like you're doing. I kind of jumped on a bunch and I got to like five pretty quick, you know, like three to five years, three to four years. Yeah. And within eight years, I had like 10. I mean, or, or better. But I hit a period in there and you will, you will too, as life goes on, there's issues, there's problems. Maybe you can't yeah. buy any, like maybe things get tight. There's a pullback. And then your goal is like, I'm not buying anything. I'm trying to keep everything. Right. And yeah. And so, th so what do we always talk about? This is the first thing that I talk about is what is your leverage and what is your debt? Mm -hmm. This is how you make it through that, that period. Right. Cause in that, when you're buying 10 houses over 
you know, the average guy, there, there's people that buy 10 houses in a year, two years. I'm not doing that. That's not what my intention is. I'm trying, I'm, I'm doing this on the side slowly. And in that year period, the business cycle will change. Right. Um, so how over leveraged are you and, and what is your debt? Right. That's absolutely key, man. And yeah. early on, I think you want to push that. Like you said, you're younger, you're starting a business. Obviously when you buy your first one or two houses, you're pretty leveraged. I mean, you'll, you have yeah. two houses and I think you, you want to, you want to get that going and then you want to kind of manage, you look at that. And that's how I did it is in steps. Like I went out and got five mortgages and then I was like, Whoa, I have five mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the mortgages were more money than I make going to work, you know? And yeah. so I was like, all right, let's, and I began to like look at, you know, different ways of dealing. And, and so instead of buying house six, I paid off a house. Yeah. I'm, you know? I'm all about that. I agree yeah. with that hundred percent. And that increased my cash flow. Now my cash flow went up three or 400 a month. that was going to interest to the bank. And so I got a little bump, you know, and, and then I went back to saving, you know, picked up another house, picked up another house. Then I paid off a house and then I picked up a house and then I paid off a house. And so I, I've always tried to be conscious. Sometimes I thought maybe I slowed myself down. I could have pushed it harder, but then I've had times in my life where, like I said, I was just barely getting by, but I kept all my houses. And I told a guy like, I'm a millionaire and I'm broke. Cause like <laughs> the business has done bad. I've had, I've owned multiple different businesses along the way of acquiring these houses and stocks, you know? Yeah. And one thing that I never, like this is, you know, within, and this is a family agreement. And I think me and you've talked about this where it's like, as a family, we have to guard these assets. Yep. Like our, our decisions as a family, like with my wife, Deanne or me, the things that we do at its core starts, like we have to guard these assets that we've bought. You know, um, and so that when you when you're conscious of that, you 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 get really sensitive toward leverage. So I get onto kids all the time taking out HELOCs on their house because I've seen how that goes bad. Oh yeah, and if oh, when yeah. it works, I get it. It's beautiful. I'm not arguing math. And if you know you, and if you're a hustler and you make a lot of money, then fuck it, man. Do what you do. You know, there, there is no right, the right or wrong. Guy. Man. Exactly. Exactly. If always talked about this and 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 you know we've had older relatives and stuff like that and this was always a conversation should you pay your house off first before you mm -hmm. start investing right and age old part yeah i love it i love that will never to me even though rates are very low right now and you can make double digit returns in other markets mm -hmm. go back to your bucket system that is your do-over account and i think you talked right. about this with dr will on the previous mm -hmm. podcast at the very least, at the very worst, if you don't have a mortgage on your right. primary home uh, and you're not over leveraged, well, you'll make it through any uh, turbulence that, that comes mm -hmm. uh, or you could always sell it and start over, right? So it is the do-over account. So uh, paying off your house fast, money in the bank. That's how I see it's not, it. It's not the greatest strategy in the world. No, it's but not the highest it, return and the highest it, ROI, the most sophisticated. It's, it's a defensive it position, right? If, and, and if you're into portfolio management, mm -hmm. right, you got to have some defensive positions 
just right. in case. And that's how I view it. And you're not losing the money. It's just, you mm. know, it's in the house, man. <laughs> so house. I've always been it's not appreciating as, cause I get those guys. Well, you could go buy for my, uh, I know, bro. I'm believe me. I got money. I'm looking for properties now. Mm-hmm. I get it, but I can do it with a lot more confidence. Cause I don't, you know, I don't have that house payment. Yeah. You're not going to blow out, man. Yeah. Now it's, you know, some t- I, I have a buddy that lives in an area where an average nice home is, you know, 1.5 million. Well, that's a different yeah. situation. Right. Um, his best move may be to put all of his money into rentals. But if you live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and your house is 180 grand, come on, man. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not the norm. Most people right. aren't living in $1.5 million homes. No, the, and the, like the median household price then, nationally is like, like I don't know, like three hundred and twenty-five grand. Mm-hmm. Na- nationally, that's the median. So most right. people are living in quarter-million-dollar homes to you know three hundred fifty thousand-dollar homes. That's that's the big number. I've always scaled that up. When when I started, um, I want to say our house was sixty-something thousand. You know, today maybe it's worth three fifty, four hundred, or something. And then having a second home. Um, but all of that has been only after acquiring those assets, you know? Right. And even then, even then, sometimes, like, feeling a little guilty. Like, you, you balance that. Because when you're a person that understands compounding, and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm buying this $400,000 trophy, I know what that money can do in five or ten years, you know? Yeah. In... But you, you know, you, you got to live too. And so you got to balance it. You just don't want to get it twisted, right? With the girl, the 20 year old chick with the Land Rover, you know? Right. <laughs> you got it backwards. Yeah. You want to be the 50 year old chick with the Land Rover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with the That's paid funny. for cash Land Rover, the exactly. red Land Rover that you don't need to drive for Uber to keep. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that's that's where you're trying funny. to get to, right? Right. right. Uh, I'm excited, man. I, I, I'm excited for, uh, you know, what's going on moving ahead. So yeah, what I kind of property that, are you looking for right now? Uh, well, I just did my um, my relinquish or my replacement property on the 1031. Uh, so I you, pulled, last, you successfully pulled off a 1031. Successfully pulled off a 1031. And, nice. um, and again, like you, that, that beach house comes from your first property investment and uh-huh. years and years of management. Uh-huh. Same thing here where the property that we relinquished was from a purchase uh, in 2009 that was a seller nice. finance deal that we, you know, that we hustled and paid off in eight years. And now we turn that into an asset that's, you know, essentially getting a 10% cash on cash return. Is it the greatest return? No, but that was the best deal that we could find within that, you know, grace period that the 1031 allows. And we were actively looking and there was a lot of junk on the market and uh, we're very happy with the purchase that we made. Um, I uh, spent last weekend, um, I met the uh, 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 couple that uh, wanted to take a look at the second floor unit. Uh, th- it was one of those situations where the where they were living, the owner of the property was selling it, and they had X amount of days to move out. That's not necessarily a bad thing, in my opinion. I think that's a great thing because, you know, you're, the, the, they're, they were great tenants. I, I had an opportunity to talk to that 
property owner and he said these were the best tenants I've ever had uh never an issue and you know they and and they were what I loved about them was I, I we had a 10 o'clock appointment last weekend they were there at 9 45 so right there check number one beautiful they're they're 15 minutes early right uh they parked out front I took a look at the car car was clean neat orderly you know, everything, you know, their appearance, their demeanor, the way they were spoken, everything was nice. So, and then they, they looked at the unit, they absolutely loved it. And, and they're on the clock too. They have like till December 31st to find a place, right. Mm. They have to be out of their, their current unit. And they were so like eager and hungry to, uh, you know, the, the, the unit that we're offering fits them perfectly. So, uh, you know, we they, right away, we, the meeting, the appointment was over. They went and did the application. They did the um, credit check, uh, 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 eviction check, criminal background. They got that into me within like two hours. So I'm like, cool. These are the types of tenants that I want that are proactive, right. you know, bang, bang, bang. They're, they're, they're making my life easy. Mm. And um, at the same time, I feel great. I'm like, wow, I have a unit where I'm actually providing – a home and space for somebody that needs it. That's a beautiful, beautiful. feeling. Oh, it's dude, a beautiful, it's beautiful feeling. And it's it makes hard. money. It right? makes money. And it's a beautiful feeling. It, it, it's probably, yeah, it's probably one of the oldest professions, right? It is. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's time of, honored. Of like a, a time honored, you know, talent. It, it takes a little, maybe talent's not the right word because, um, but it takes some, some push, right? And it's, it's things, right. So, so here's an example of how do you manage a rental property? You know, I'm following you, right. And mm -hmm. what do we talk about? Well, we work top down or when we acquire right. a property, we pull all the junk out of the yard or any buildup in the yard. We get the yard cleaned up, get the exterior cleaned up. That's what we do. And then we work top down. How's the roof? How's the gutters? Is there any cable wires, any old, you know, telephone wires hanging? Can we get rid of that? How's the condition of the siding, whether it's brick or vinyl, blah, blah, blah. You know, just walk in the property. Are there any hazards, tripping hazards? Are there any trees uprooting the sidewalks that you might have to shell out a couple grand to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, replace? You know, but you, you do that as you walk the properties. There's nothing complicated about it. Can you cut grass? Can you... Right. Uh, can you mulch? That's all simple stuff. I mean, you're doing this crap anyway. <laughs> What's the difference? Now you're getting paid to do it. <laughs> right. And that's top-down formula. Start with the outside. You know, like you said, do the yard. And what we're talking about is like mowing the yard, picking up trash. You don't want people thinking. Pretty. Yeah. You want it. Look pretty, man. Hitting the outside keeps a, people from poking around. Hey, hey, last Saturday, I went to a property because I'm always in the habit myself, even if I have no interest in buying the property. Right. When I'm on the MLS, I always want to make a couple appointments a week to go look at uh, properties in different areas mm -hmm. just to look at them. So I went to see one uh, not far from where I purchased um, about an hour before the appointment last weekend. And I walk on the property and the first thing I see was about a thousand cigarette butts in the mm. grass in the front yard. Right. So you, you notice that. And then I'm walking around and I see like a, like a, like a screen door laying in the yard. <laughs> right. And then I walk yeah. around the back and, and, you know, uh, then I enter the property and you got the common area 
And the first unit was, you know, there was, it was tenant occupied. Now that, you know, it's on the market, but just like complete, like hoarders, right. Just crap everywhere. So all I'm thinking was, okay, whatever the tenants are, who they are, but the mm-hmm. landlord's not on top of his product. And I'm not going to go any further because I just don't see any uh, value for me immediately in terms of, you know, if, if it's in the condition that it's in, how I see it, there's going to be a million other issues if I really deep dive this property, right? Now, again, I'm not actively looking, uh, or, or I should say at that particular property, I wasn't really like overly interested. I just want to see it. What's it about? What's going on? Is there any potential? Uh, but being in that habit, right, just constantly looking at, at properties. Now, that was in an area that I'm not really investing in over, overly, uh, there, there's a couple areas that I'm focusing on and I'm really like honing in on every time a property comes on the market in that specific area, I'm going to look at it just to position myself. Um, and, and that's kind of my goal moving forward, uh, over the next, uh, 12 to 24 months. Um, the other thing that I'm doing that this is going to be one of my, uh, definite goals. Uh, I want to identify, three to five distressed properties Mm. in in areas that I, that are within my general investment radius. And I just want to reach out to the property owners and see if we could do a deal. I don't even know how, how serious like I'll be like, you know, maybe if I can open up the conversation, but I do want to find and identify some distressed properties that aren't like terrible. They just need some love. And I'll cross reference information on the tax records and, but I want to make that a part of my my uh, my habit and my prospecting and my my sales activities uh, every week, you know, in 2022. I'm just gonna drive around, look for distressed properties, get the address, and I, and I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna end up with more properties than you can buy. Exactly, because <laughs> that's Maybe. how the universe works. And I tell right, people right, all right. the time, what you think about. You know, you want to get a bunch of stocks, start thinking about it. Can, can like, you, can you, can you tell the, uh, listening, uh, podcast crew, uh, the saying, what's what that, what you about? think about comes about. It really yeah, does expl- expl- explain that to people. Cause this is and, very important to me and what you focus on grows. And it's this idea that like he was saying, and I tell this kids all the time, they're like, well, property's too expensive in my area. And I say, well, how many of you walk this week? Exactly. And they'll be like, well, none. And it's like, well, go look at those expensive properties. And then go look at some that are a little less and just keep looking. And if you just start looking at two to three properties a week and you're talking to realtors, what you're just injecting yourself into that world, right? And yeah. all of a sudden they go, well, hey, we got a guy. It, re- it needs some work. So probably can't even get finance, but you could. Next thing you know, you're getting a deal that's not even on the MLS it's yet. It's not on the market. Yeah, it's off market. Those are great or, deals, great opportunities. Mm-hmm. And those only come to people that push themselves into that. Like my, our, you know, Rick Jarman. That yeah, I got to that speak shit on the all the one time, time with Rick Jarman. I, 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 and you put me on to him and Mark mm-hmm. and a couple of the other guys. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I spoke on the phone with Rick Jarman one time, and he gave me ten minutes of his time on the phone. Uh, I had a question oh. for him. I. And, and he was beast. cool like that. Yeah, he was cool. God rest his soul. He was cool like that. And he um, played like he was just some country bumpkin. Yeah. You know, that was his little game. You know, just a guy smokes his cigar. He's all right, friendly. Right, right. No, no, no. He was a shark, man. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That dude was a shark. And he knew. And he got into real estate by picking up a hammer 
and working on a construction crew and he realized real quick it seems like the rich people own all the shit we're working on right i mean that's not doesn't take a big leap right and and what did he start off as a maintenance man at the university of alabama (laughs) right and so he had a source of income so he had a w-2 so he could get loans right and then he started buying houses and he just he just kept buying them man and just mm-hmm. kept buying them. And when I first met him, I didn't believe him. He, he had a hundred, he told me he had 128. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Cause I know how hard that is. That's not yeah. easy, you know, at all to be a human being that holds down 128 houses. You know, you know, what breaks my heart. Uh, loved talking to you guys, especially on Instagram. Cause mm-hmm. he also was building up his, uh, you know, following right. and network and, and he did his things with Mark, uh, you know, once a week and he was on with you a bunch of times. And he, he loved that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, unfortunately COVID uh, cut him short, right. but um, nonetheless, a lot of people will carry on his uh, name with uh, pride and spirit through conversation in this little community that we all have going on. And, um, you know, and, and his page is still up, so you can still tap. I still actually tap in to his right. videos, just, you know, if I'm driving, right? Because that guy right. has a lot of good information, too, that he has oh, hundreds man. and hundreds of videos, and, and I haven't even oh, scratched yeah. the surface. Uh, but I still do, I do do that from time to time, and, and that's the cool thing, man. Um, He's, my experience with him is what's kind of pushed me to be more involved as far as meeting people and, and you know, trying to build relationships because um, – I never went and met him, yet we talked all the time. And I was trying yeah. to help him with his Instagram a lot. And I'd yeah, put yeah, him yeah. on my stories and I'd tell people right. about him. Right. And he wanted me to like, he's like, Gerald, you should write my book, you know. <laughs> and I was kind of, you know, kind of run that around and looking back. I mean, it was could have been a great opportunity for a whole nother business for me to, you know, as far as in real estate. Yeah. You know, remember I talk about sometimes I don't feel like I'm an authority. Well, he is an authority, you know. And if I was yeah. doing deals with him, where me and him were doing seminars or teaching, I mean, we got Yoda and then me pitching it, right? Doing what <laughs> I do. Um, we yeah. could have made, we probably could have made some money and helped a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, his stuff, like he, he barely even started on social. Like he was just a couple years in. And, oh, uh, he was just getting going. And I just getting done a lot with that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. He would, he would have been a, a big, big impact. And he was to a lot of the senior guys in this community. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, God bless him, man. Um, uh, and and, and uh, talking about that too, that's a, a funny thought that I have in my head is uh, we should make an effort to like go out and meet Ben Mala. I think that would be, uh, that would uh, be cool. funny, a funny experience. He has these uh, hotel like conferences from time to time in Tampa, Florida. That would and, be neat uh, to meet at one of those. Like we oh, could yeah. bring bring our oh, yeah. wives and oh yeah, just go hang out with Ben and that. Mm-hmm. Imagine imagine talking to that guy for uh, a couple of hours oh, at, at nighttime. The stories, <laughs> right? You um, just listen. You just let him talk, right? Oh yeah, I bet it's, you. I, I I bet you if you if if, if you went to that, we you know I would love to go as well. I bet you people would recognize you at they might at these events. I, I am going to that go, could be really cool. Right, I'm gonna start doing more of these. I'm gonna go to Bit the Bitcoin one, Bitcoin one this year because I know a lot yeah. of my followers are probably not a lot, but some will be there. Um, but I would like to do some real estate ones because because you know him having his YouTube show, then I could shoot for YouTube, and it's you know like you're there, other people there, and we could 
you know, maybe get some pictures of me. It would just help my channel too. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's helping everybody on mm -hmm. all levels. You're helping right. guys with stocks. You're helping guys with real estate, but at the same time, like you, you even at your level, you could probably still use some coaching and inspiration. And, oh, hell yeah. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't end. Uh, right. And then there, and then there's the guys at the beginning. Well, we want the guys that are at the beginning as well. We want the hungry guys that are really hungry to, to participate and evolve and, and get out there. It's, it's a, it's a lot of fun, man. You know, when I, when I met uh day trade professor, the, uh, the, the weekend that we were all out in New York, mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting to meet him. I knew who he was and being, you know, that guy knows a lot of, of his, his subject and his field that he teaches. And, yeah. and, uh, it was a pleasure to meet him. Um, so you get, all, you start mixing around with different, uh, you know, individuals that are, you know, that have different specialties and, and have different followings and stuff like that. That that's what I really, uh, appreciate. Uh, the same thing with real estate ballers, right? Mm -hmm. I would have, I would have never, uh, you know, probably gone out to see this guy if you know but i was following you and you had gone on a live with him right mm -hmm. and, I, and i thought oh this guy's got this guy knows a lot of shit too man he's, he's filled with right. good information and same thing with dan with usa land ventures you know these and, and everybody's kind of connected in some way and, and you guys start doing these uh meet and greets and getting together and you put a face to the name and there's a lot of value in that too because you know these guys are, are all trying to grow their following and their channels with the information that, that they know. And it's, you know, it's a two way street. There, there's, there's a lot of value both ways and a lot of people appreciate it. It's um, it, you know, listen, man, Gerald, I tell you this all the time. If I didn't start following you, I probably wouldn't have a couple of rental properties right now. Yeah. It's and I love simple. hearing that. And I know, and I know, I know what you mean by that. Cause I have people like that in my own life. And I think, man, if I wouldn't have come across that guy, you know, Oh yeah, that's. Uh, if, I think they call that the if, butterfly effect. The, yeah, and if he wouldn't have said this or this, then I wouldn't have done this. You know, maybe I would have, but probably not. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a neat thing, right? That's like the universe opening up to you, man. Mm -hmm. Like your that's daughter did go on to be a female president, and she got that money because her dad got these properties, and he had the money to send her to here. You know, and it, it can work like that. Mm -hmm. And and you had a little part to play in in that happening. And I, I believe in that stuff. Oh know? yeah, yeah. That's that's very spiritual. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think the houses and and I tell the people this with whether it be with any assets, whether it's digital assets, stock, or houses. If you don't get to that part of it, you're probably not going to keep doing it. Are you talking about and, the spiritual part of it? Yeah, the spiritual part of it. And the first time you get yourself beat down or you get a bad property you're, you're going to stop because it is a hassle at times you know yeah absolutely and, um, and i always try to use those not acronyms but the idea of like like if you ever watch shows like downton abbey yeah you see these pressures like they're trying to hold down these big estates and, and it's kind of like that right <clears throat> like yeah. and if every year you can do it like you said the compound effect yeah, I love the compound effect, man. And sometimes I draw this on the board and I go, okay, one house, two houses. And I literally draw out 10 houses. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> I'm like, so they're going to go up 5%. And you start doing the math on that times 10. And then you're like, okay, 10 mortgage payments times 10. And you start adding it up. And it's like, okay, all this equity, thousands of dollars a month in equity is yours. 
plus the appreciation, plus the cash. You start doing the number, and it's like, to me, like your head starts spinning. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Mm-hmm. It's exciting it really- because because you you have control over it, right? Yeah, man, that's got to excite the guy that's a go getter or the girl that's a go getter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's funny? When I, when I when I first told my wife I was gonna, you know, thinking about getting my real estate license, I had, I got like pushback, not in a bad way, but she she she's a little bit conservative, and I love her for it. But uh, it was funny now, <laughs> like, and then and then I. You know, it went off and I, you know, you know, been selling, actively selling. And then you know, the idea of buying the, you know, the first rental property, and I got like mm-hmm. pushback and that, and then it's funny because now we got a couple and, and she's gone, she's met you in New York and she came out with me to meet uh, Fox and Dan in uh, New Jersey a couple weeks ago. And she's seen these different angles and now she's like excited. <laughs> right. Um, and, and she understands and she's like, more she's like actively engaging more with me on this subject matter and i love it because it's just another subject that we can talk about uh openly uh when we're at home it's fun you know it's fun to, if you can have your partner involved it's a lot of fun it's it's huge dude like yeah. the only reason i've been able to do this like uh you know my wife dan she worked full time yeah and then i was able to work part time and then do you know, a lot of times working for yourself or doing some sort of hustle, you make more than working a job. And, you know, just being able to do that. And if, if they're not helping you like that, man, it makes it go slower, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Slower. Especially That's if the they're right willing way. to like, like she does all the management, the day-to-day management. Right. Like if somebody yeah. calls with a plumbing thing, she calls the plumber. I don't. Hey, you, hey uh, uh, while we're talking about this, you know what my wife said to me at dinner tonight? What's that? She said, hey, uh, we, we have a, a lady that we're very close with that uh, she, she cleans our house uh, once a month. Um, it's a service that I love because I like a clean house. And, mm, you know, sure, I, I do always, it too. Right. Yeah. So, uh, she, but this lady also owns rental properties and, and she, 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 knows a, she, she knows a little bit about like a lot of different things. She, she actually painted and spackled my home office uh, when we first bought this house. And, um, I guess they were talking and she's going to teach my wife how to like paint and spackle. So my oh, wife, cool. we're at, we're at, we're at dinner tonight. She's like, Hey, I have an idea. Like this summer, uh, I'm going to send the kids out for a couple of days to your parents' house at the, you know, down in Jersey. And Chris, who's the house cleaner, uh, she's going to teach me how to like paint and spackle. I'm like, yeah, go nuts. I was like excited. <laughs> like, yeah. Go <laughs> paint the whole house. And then, when we're done and you're a master, we're going to go to the next house. We're going to paint that one. <laughs> like, please and become my drywall expert. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, that, but, 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 but what is that? That is the universe opening up to you, pushing your mm-hmm. intent. And that's right. exactly what it is, man. Um, so think of it. You get, you get 10 properties and your right. spouse is in on it. And they can do a lot of the shit you're doing. Even yeah. Maybe they can't lift the drywall or whatever, but... They know all this stuff, and you're both in on it. It makes it so much easier. Oh yeah, you got two or three bodies. Mm-hmm. Actively, and you're sharing. I mean, you're sharing the same money. You know, it's not only that. It, it's it's not just the uh, uh, quantitative part. It's the qualitative. So when you have right. three sets of eyeballs or two, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and, and ears, 
you know, especially w- women have, you know, they, they have, they see things differently. They might see For something sure. that we don't see at all. And, and uh, that can make and enhance the value or quality of the property so much better. So I, I encourage that, you know, right. It's the on, perfect uh, quote family business, you know, for a better way of saying it. If you want to do um, interior design or landscaping, mm-hmm. or if you want to be the woman that's up on the roof, uh, you know, hitting the shingles. Cool. <laughs> you but you know, what's unfortunate is I've seen it on both sides. I've seen women that are really into real estate, but their husband right. has no, no interest. So when yeah, he gets maybe off work, he wants to be off, go fishing, go do football, yeah, go hunting, yeah. whatever, you know, he doesn't want to do uh spackling and, and fucking with a ceiling. Right. And, you know, they struggle with it. And the problem is now they're only probably going to be able to get one or two units, maybe three. You, you, you're going to have a hard time stacking 10, 12, 15, 20 multi-million dollars of real estate by yourself. Right. You could, you could, if you made enough money and your spouse just let you do whatever, but it's hard if the other person is out pursuing other things, you know, I've seen Um, a couple times in my growing up, where guy like the households have made money and they, mm-hmm. they they bought the second home, but the second home was a like a weekend home or a vacation right. home. It's not an uh, income producing home. It's not an income producing property. I'm not against that and all the all the applause. Sure, um, but imagine it's, be- it's better than a boat. I mean, better. Imagine if you bought four or five properties that are income producing, mm-hmm. and then you bought then you bought the rental pro- or the it's, vacation it's home. It's just the order. Week. It's the order of things, right? Right, right, and and that's kind of where right. you're at, right? You didn't buy mm-hmm. the beach house or the 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 French Quarter home in New Orleans. You had right. 14 properties that right. you actively managed first, mm-hmm. and then you got into a position. Um, it's it, it's really it's just it's that time amount yield equation, right? That's all it is, man. It's, it's so all it is, simple. Man. It's so simple. It's so it's, simple, and. Listen, I'm really looking forward to uh, all the stuff that you're going to be working on and, and producing in uh, the next year or two. I hope I could be a, a, a bigger part of it. For sure. Um, as, as one, as a fan and, you know, two, uh, you know, it's also helping me with my social uh, sure. because, you know, I'm not I'm not the most creative guy, but I do like the subject and I love talking about the subject. And that alone for me is a blessing. That, that I could actually hang out and talk to you guys about, uh, you know, a lot of these things and um, th- th- these contents, you can actually share them on social and, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to hit and reach everybody. If it hits and reaches two people, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Speaking awesome of social, thing. how do people follow you on social? Uh, my no, no names, no gimmicks. My, uh, the, my name and, as in Nancy, uh, or as in Nick, uh, my last name, Digidio, D-E-G-I-D-I-O. So at and Digidio, just my uh, my first name and first initial and last name. Um, I'm an active uh, uh, licensed real estate agent in uh, the Lehigh Valley, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, I, uh, I do other things too, um, business related, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, a lot of uh, what's ahead. Absolutely. And I'll put that in the show notes. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that you, uh, you know, not only are you talking and interacting with other influencers, but you're also uh, 
you know, talking to uh, just regular people, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that's where the man, dude, the, the money and the diamonds and the jewels are with just dudes, just regular dudes that are out there doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Most there's, of those guys people... are not big influencers. Yeah, there's people that are hungry and active and, and then mm-hmm. they want to learn. They have a, a hunger and a thirst to learn. Uh, they just need the right pieces in place. And I think that you're one of those pieces for a lot of people. I mean, look at your following, man. You got 100,000 people that uh, literally would bend over backwards for you because you put the time in for them to just, you yeah, know, I try. Really, yeah, I try. And it, I it, my- it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. I do my best at that. Nick, I appreciate you coming on and we'll yeah, have to do I'm, this again soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're we gonna didn't even get into what, what uh ten year old Nick was doing. <laughs> For sure. We'll talk about <laughs> we that. just went straight to real that's we'll, the problem we'll be... with this is a lot of times when I bring people on, I know them. Right, right. And so, right. you know, it's it's hard to go like back to tenth tenth grade when you know them. You just want to jump into what we're doing. Well, when uh when we get up in New Orleans and we have a couple beers, I'm sure we'll be yeah. telling more stories and you know, having some fun with that. So uh, looking great, forward man. to it, man. Happy uh, holidays. Merry Christmas. And uh, I'll, I'll keep tuning in, man. All right. Pr- cool, bro. I'll, pr- I'll uh, let you know when this is released. Appreciate it. All right, man. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Yes, 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 yes. What an amazing conversation we just had with my friend and our friend, because he is part of the Money Flow Trading Society, Nick. It, here's the problem. These guys, a lot of the, all of the people that I bring on, these are not necessarily influencers, although some are. But I'm, what I'm looking for is people who have my value system and this idea of the millionaire blueprint. And a lot of times, because I already know them, I forget to ask the basic questions like, where were you born? Who were you in high school? And I just get right into it because I'm talking to friends of mine. And these guys are like me. They're hungry, man. They love talking about making money with money. They love talking about stocks and they love talking about real estate. And sometimes we just hit the ground running and I forget the backstory. And I need to bring Nick back so we can get on the backstory. But I appreciate you listening. You're going to hear some background noise. I'm here at my new condo on Panama City Beach. If you check my Instagram, you'll see uh, pictures of the condo. I'm, I'm trying to get it up and going and put it on Airbnb. Um, again, that's something me and Nick both share. I would like to hear your story. I want you to come on to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. And don't, don't confuse it. Real estate is a trade. Listen, your life is a trade. Always remember, whatever you think about comes about. Whatever you focus on grows. Thanks for listening.